the healing power of God. Great stories in the book of Acts about God's miraculous power and His ability to heal. We've been studying in the book of Acts and looking at some of the incredible stories there. Last week we looked at a man named Stephen and his incredible faith that allowed him to stand in that place of proclaiming Jesus even to the end of of being the first martyr of the church. Uh, The book of Acts tells the story of the, the growing church and the importance of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit just changed everything in the church. How the Holy Spirit, when God poured out that Holy Spirit, became the guiding life of the church the guiding force in the lives of the early Christians. He took those those 12 or 11 ordinary men, and on the day of Pentecost, when they received the Holy Spirit, when God poured out that Holy Spirit, how it changed so much. A couple of weeks ago, we described the day of Pentecost and the changes that it literally brought to the world. One of them is, after the day of Pentecost, is an incredible spread of the, the story of Jesus. When you just look at how quickly the story spread. It was incredible. It was miraculous. It's, it's part of the story of, of an amazing, powerful God and the Holy Spirit. This morning, I want to think about and talk about the early church and some characteristics in the early church. And I also want us to look at a healing story that's found in Acts chapter 3. The early church itself was an amazing force. Uh, there are things that happen in the early church that are incredible to us as we go back and we read the story and we, we kind of think, what was it like to be there? What would it have been like to be there after the day of Pentecost and as Peter stood up and preached and, and these incredible things happened? The collective faith of the early apostles and the followers of Jesus and then the thousands who became believers within just a few days, a few weeks and how that group spread out with great passion to tell the story of Jesus and how quickly that spread. There's six characteristics about the early church this morning that I want to, to mention to describe and how unique it was. And these are foundational principles about the church today. What does God want in the church today? We do go back to the book of Acts and we learn from it. We will never be like the book of Acts We can't duplicate the world like it was in the first century. But the principles of the church and what was important to the church and how the church operated are so true for today as they were back then. The first thing that I want to say about the early church is they were absolutely focused on the teaching of Jesus. It was all about Jesus. They wanted to tell the story, who he was, what he said, what he did, and the power that Jesus went to the cross to die for sins. It was an amazing story, and the early church was all about that. Every opportunity the disciples have that we read of, they're telling the story of Jesus. Every sermon, every defense, no matter where they're at, whether in in the house or in the temple or in prison, they're telling the story about Jesus. How important it is for us as a church to be focused on telling the story of Jesus. Every plea, every calling was to tell people that they would hear who this Jesus was and they would believe in him and they would accept the forgiveness of sins. There is no forgiveness of sins except through Jesus. Our world needs to hear that, needs to hear 
the simplicity of the truth about Jesus. And that's the way it was in the early church. It was the apostles' teaching. In that verse I read a few minutes ago, they devoted themselves first to the apostles' teaching. That's the first characteristic named in the book of Acts of what the church was. They were devoted to the teaching, the apostles' teaching, which was telling the story about Jesus. Jesus was the focus of the church. The second characteristic that I want to mention this morning is the importance of fellowship. We say that often. Unity, fellowship, being together, caring and loving for one another. This is the, 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 uh, the second quality mentioned in the book of Acts. How important the body of Christ is. How important it is that you be connected to the body of Christ with a heart that is united and a heart that's seeking God and loving people and caring about one another. In the early church, we have this short glimpse and And then it moves on in time. But what we see is a glimpse of people who loved one another. They were helpful. They were protective. They were genuine. And there was a oneness to this church, to this group of very different people from all over the the Jewish world. It was so important. It can be summed up in chapter 4. also talks about this unity. It says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. They were focused on the same thing. They were wanting the same things, and they were wanting it for one another. There was a genuine fellowship and unity. There was also a focus on prayer in every chapter and just about every story in the book of Acts, especially in the beginning, you see the focus on the importance of prayer. Prayer all together, prayer individually, prayer for people, Prayer was a vital part of who they are and what they were in the early church. They were praying for the Holy Spirit to come. They were praying when the Holy Spirit came. They were praying after the Holy Spirit came. They were constantly in prayer. That word is is in the book of Acts. They were constantly in prayer. They were praying uh, all the time. They were praying when they met together. They were praying by themselves, we read of, of Peter. They were praying when they were in prison. They were praying when they got out of prison. They were praying for people who needed to be changed. They were praying for the Holy Spirit to come in his fullness and fill more people. They were connected to God. In the early church, there was a great power, and that power was the power of prayer. There also was in the early church a bold witnessing. I said before that there was the teaching about Jesus, but there's something else here. There's this bold witnessing about Jesus. I mean, they, they boldly went out and proclaimed the message. They weren't quiet about it. They were, they, were, uh, they were intentional. They were passionate. I mean, that's who they were telling the story. You think how important evangelism is or whatever words you use. How important is the Great Commission to the church today? You see how important it was in the early church telling the story and calling people to faith in Jesus. There was passionate. Last week we talked about a man willing to die because he wanted to tell the story. And all the apostles eventually were martyred because they told the story. They went and they proclaimed it. Whether people everywhere wanted to hear it or not, they passionately wanted people to know about Jesus. You see, they believed it deeply in their hearts. They were changed by the message. And they went out in verse 31 of chapter 4. After they prayed, 
The place they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. See how all those things come together. They were together. They were seeking God. They were praying. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they spoke the word of God boldly. God wants for the church today not to be a quiet little nice brick building on the corner here on Market Street, but to be giving out the message of who Jesus is. Jesus changes lives. There was great power in the early church. They knew it. They believed it. They lived it. They sensed the power of God. God was doing amazing things among them. The miracles and the the stories of the power in the early church that God gave to Peter and the apostles and at times others, the, the healing stories called miraculous signs and wonders. God was doing amazing things in the early church. And that's something we see and we, we, uh, we hear what God was doing and, and why. There was in the early church these amazing stories, and we're going to read one of them in just a, a, a couple of minutes. An amazing story of how God breaks through in history and heals a, a man in a great way. Miraculous signs and powers, the power of God in the early church. And then the characteristic of the church is they were a giving and a sharing people. You read these early stories of the book of Acts, there was this uncommon, almost unbelievable, unselfishness in the early church. They cared about each other. They cared about the people around them. They cared about the mission. They were passionate and they were giving of themselves, their, their time, their attention, their, their money, They deeply cared about people. And so it led to an unselfishness that's amazing in the church family. It's an amazing picture of how they were willing to come and to give and and to see that people's needs were met. That's a characteristic of who they are and what they did in verse 32. I, I read the first part of it. All the believers were one in heart and mind. And then it says, no one claimed that any of his possessions were his own, but they shared everything they had. That's an amazing picture. I don't know quite how it all worked, but they were just giving people. They wanted others to be blessed as they were. And a characteristic of the power in the early church is this unselfish giving. All these things. This is what how the church began. This is why this church was so powerful in telling the story of Jesus, how Christianity went from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth in a short amount of time. These are the characteristics of the church. It was an incredible period for the church. Now I want to read one of the stories that kind of bring together some of these forces in the church. So much of what the book of Acts and the early church is about are told in these simple short stories. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. If you want to follow along with me, hear this story. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. 
Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk, taking him by the hand. By the right hand he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we've made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. What a powerful picture. A powerful story of how God reaches into this man's life and in the early church and brings about this great miracle. Well, first we think about this crippled man. We're told he's crippled from birth. Don't know how old he is. Could have been a teenager, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. I don't know how old he was, but he was dependent on others. This was his life. Imagine what it would be like to be this man, crippled from birth. Apparently, don't know how crippled he was or what that meant, but he was unable to to do things on his own. He was unable even to get to the temple by himself to beg. People had to take him, and day after day after day, he would do that. This was his life. You might think of it as it seemed kind of hopeless. Every single day being dependent on somebody to pick you up and carry you to the temple in hopes that people going inside would give you something to help you to live by. I do notice that he's taken to the temple. I wonder if that meant it was the people that worshipped at the temple were the most generous in his life. I wonder about that. Every day he was taken to the entrance of the temple to beg. Try if you could for a moment today to put yourself in the place of this man. Every day. We'll just say he's 28 years old. I don't know how old he was. 28 years old. Every day, somebody comes and picks you up and takes you to the temple to beg. What a life. He was a lifelong beggar. Everything in his life. Can you imagine that day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, going to beg? The same thing. Probably most of the same people he would see. A few who would drop a few coins at his crippled feet. and Maybe he knew them personally, some of them. I don't know, but whatever it is, every day he was in a pattern. He was locked in a world. He had lost his freedom. And then verse 1 says, chapter 3, one day, one day. Think about the power of one day. How God can do amazing things in one day. 28 years, or whatever it is, and one day God breaks through his life. Verse 1 says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. There it is again. They're just going to pray. Three times a day, uh, most Jews prayed specifically. One was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 
And so Peter and John are on their way to pray. They're on their way to honor God. They're on their way to do what they thought they were supposed to do, and prayer was a part of it. They're on their way to do things that they thought were good and, and all that, and all of a sudden there's an interruption in the schedule. One day, this man would see the power of God because Peter and John came by in an incredible way. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple to pray. You might say they were minding their own business, but... They were available to God right there in minding their own business. Here these two men were. They were apostles. They were called of Jesus. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had things to do. They were about doing them. But all of a sudden in their life was an opportunity. And so they're on their way to the temple and they start to go up the steps. And then they see this man laying on the steps. You see, they became available to God because their hearts were right with God. They were able to see the needs of this man because they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they had the capacity to see the needs around him. They did not miss the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, these two busy men, these two apostles of God, they did not allow all that they were doing and preaching to the crowds and all that to stop them, uh, to keep them from stopping and seeing this crippled man on the steps. See, Peter and John were available. They were available to be the hands and feet of Jesus and within what God called them to do. Godly men and women find opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus because they're available. People that really love God, I mean, and know His grace and know His love and have thankful spirits will have an opportunity to make a difference in people's lives. On this day, on this one day, Peter and John were used mightily by God there's so many things about this story that's amazing to me. One of them is the focus that Peter gave to this man. In chapter 3, we, we see this great focus that uh, Peter gave to this man. Verse 4 says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave his attention, expecting to get something from them. I noticed in this story that Peter stopped... He took time to talk to this man. He took time to engage him, and he looked him right in the eye. I think how important it is for us to look people in the eye that are hurting in the world around us. You know, so, so often it's a lot easier if we don't look. It's a lot easier if we just go on by. It's a lot easier if we don't stop to ask the questions. It's a lot easier to make assumptions about people and just kind of already decide about them than it is to stop and look and listen, and hear, and allow God's Spirit to work in our hearts about people that are hurting. Incredible thing about this story is that Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and how important it was that they did that. Some of you know that several weeks ago at District Assembly, the district or the general superintendent preached and used this text, and it's kind of gripped me ever since then. And so this morning, I, I, I wanted to preach from these same words and some of the thoughts that he had. Peter looked him in the eye. Peter gave the man dignity. Peter gave the man respect. He gave the man value. You know, I wouldn't think a cripple laying on the steps for all his life probably would seem to be a real valuable to a lot of people. A lot of people probably just went by, probably stepped a little bit further around, or maybe they dropped, you know, make sure before they left, they put four cents in their pocket. And know they're going to see that guy on the steps. 
And you know how many people walked away this man? Probably in his lifetime. You know how many people walked by him and saw him day after day after day after day? But on this day, Peter and John stopped. And he looked straight at him. As if you're important. As if you have value. As if you're worth my time. He looked straight at him. He stopped to engage him. Right there in the middle of his busy plans. And right there to me is a reminder to all of us the need to stop and see the needs of people around us. To engage people that are hurting. To be watching for people that are broken. To be watching for people that are crippled on the steps of life. Whether it's physical, it's emotional, it's sin in their past. But this story reminds me what's important to the heart of God about who we are. What's important to God. Peter and John shows it in this great story. Peter stopped and looked straight at him in the eye. Not with judgment, but with compassion. He talked to him. He was not afraid to get involved. I also notice about Peter that he took him by the hand. He touched him. I mean, he physically reached out and touched this man. This man was unclean. He was a beggar. He was a cripple. And Peter reached out and touched. It does remind me of Jesus. And so many times when he touched people, he touched the lepers. He touched those that were hurting. Peter reached out and he took him by the hand. What a beautiful story. It says he helped him up. So he reached out with his right hand, it says. This reminds me of the importance of the right hand of fellowship, that term, the right hand of fellowship. He reached out with his good hand. Not that left-handed people aren't good, but that's the idea. He reached out. uh, Luke records, he reached out with his right hand. Why? Why is it important? Is it just a random fact? Well, the importance of the right hand of fellowship has kind of been a term in the history of the church of genuineness. So when... Luke uses it here, I think. It's a little deeper than just whichever hand was convenient. He reaches out with his, with his right hand, and he takes him by the hand. I noticed, too, that he did not just pull him up. What does it say? He helped him up. He helped him up. Peter just didn't do everything for him. The man had to make the effort, too. The man had to choose to believe. The man had to choose to try to stand up. The man had to choose to believe it was possible. The man had to to work to get himself up. Peter just didn't pull him up and say, you're going to walk. He reached out and he took his hand and he helped him up. You know, sometimes we can try to help people, but they're not ready to get up. Maybe they're not willing to get up, but it's our job to reach out with our right hand and do all that we can to help people. Peter and John did. They couldn't do everything for him. The man had to choose. But what Peter did is Peter used what he had. He used the tools that God gave him. He used his right hand. He used his faith and belief. 
to help this man. I also notice in verse 8 that Jesus went with this man after the healing. Uh, He healed him. He got up. He was praising God. Look at verse 8 here. It says, He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. He went with them, praising God. It's not like Peter and John said, Okay, you're good. We're moving on. They were celebrating together, praising God. They were working together. They were celebrating together. God did a great miracle. This is a story of God's amazing power. The desperation of a man crippled from birth. How amazing it is. Just that part of the story. And how God used a man named Peter, who we've heard his name hundreds of times. But God used a man, just a simple man named Peter, who was available to make a difference. God helped us to make a difference too. God help us to see the people around us who need your touch. God used this day in a mighty way. When you think about the story and you think about the power and you think about the influence, there's an end to this story. And one of the scriptures say there was wonder and awe among the people. While, while he was holding on to Peter and John, it, it, it tells us that it's like this man, he was so thankful, he grabs Peter and John in thankfulness and, and he begins to walk and the people see that and they come running, it says, to Solomon's colonnade to see this thing. They're astonished. They can't, they don't understand it. How can it be that people come They come to to know, is this true? How is it that this happened? Is this man who we've passed day after day, can he really walk? That's just unbelievable. Verse 4 of chapter 4 says, But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. That's the end of the story. See, God used this day in a mighty way. They heard the story. They believed. They saw the evidence of the power of God. Imagine that the church grew to 5,000 that day. Last we heard in the last chapter, it was 3,000. 2,000 people who came to faith. I don't know if they were all here or they were, you know, other uh, preaching and all that and all the influence, but from 3,000 to 5,000, this is the only story we have about it. Why? Many who heard the message, believed. Imagine that. 5,000 people. Why? Because they believed. Why did they believe? Because they heard the message. And why did they hear the message? Because they listened. And why did they listen? Because they saw this great miracle. And they were curious and They were, it was awesome. So they came running to see. Why did they see a great miracle? Because Peter took time to stop and see and engage and put out his right hand to help a hurting person. He smiled Peter in the eye and offered God's love to this man crippled from birth. Don't we believe?
and in the church today. In 2017, God wants to touch people just like he did on the temple steps when we're available to him. When we see people the way that God does. Will you be that someone? Will you be that person who takes time to look people in the eye? Will you have the heart that, uh, that Peter did?